Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularoveraters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. Welcome to the Comparative 12-Step Study Group. My name is Johnny, and I'm an aspiring healthy eater and your facilitator for today. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experiences with a step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the varied individuals that we are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. We'll be working from our step handout of the month. In January, we'll be discussing step one. We'll be reading eight versions of the step. The OA traditional, the free thinker, the Buddhist, the Cleveland atheist, the humanist, the practical, the proactive, and the SOS secular organization for sobriety versions. Please take a turn reading a version of the step. Step one versions, OA principle is honesty, traditional OA and free thinker versions. We admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Buddhist, we admitted our addictive cravings and recognized its consequence in our lives. Cleveland, admitted we are powerless over other people, random events, and our own persistent negative behaviors. And that when we forget this, our lives become unmanageable. Humanist, we accept the fact that all our efforts to stop eating have failed. Practical, admitted we're caught in a self-destructive cycle and currently lack the tool and lacked the tools to stop it. Proactive, I face reality. I am not able to control what I do, and this has serious consequences. SOS. I have a life-threatening problem. My best efforts to establish sobriety have been unsuccessful. I believe that I have choices and that my life no longer need to be unmanageable. I accept responsibility for myself and my recovery. Thank you, everyone. We are now open for discussion about these versions of the step one. What does step one mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different versions we just read? Who would like to begin? Okay, I really related to the last one, the SOS, because um, I, well, I have a kind of neuroscience background, so I am really into the new neuroscience around the brain, and I realized that, you know, I was trying to control my food with my thinking, which was dieting, and, you know, my thinking brain, and that's the the real um, place where my, um, and I won't say control, um, for guidance, guidance for my food kind of comes from my insides, really. I guess, I guess, probably my gut, you know. And and um, so, listening very carefully to what my my insides, my body wants to eat, is is where I'm going. And um, and uh, you know, and I'm I'm now able to hear when the thinking part, like, and I. I think that's part of 
um, this is kind of bringing in the bigger picture, but you know, all all that we get in school, all that we've been educated in is our intellectual mind, our thinking, our problem solving mind. And um, we just need to, we're being guided to go deeper into our whole being as a human being, which starts with the ability for our gut to digest the food and give us energy and stuff. So that's, um, and you know, my my thinking mind was, was so distorted from growing up being trained to hate myself, especially as a woman. And that lodged itself in my body. So, you know, it's kind of a complex brain thing, but um, that's what I'm, I'm realizing is that when we say we're powerless, it's really that intellectual problem solving mind that's powerless. We need to listen to a deeper kind of body mind about it so that's uh i think enough from me i love the proactive and that just really i mean when it was read i felt like i had an aha that i am facing reality i am not able to control what i do with food and indeed it has serious consequences for my health and that just really struck home in a way that other steps have not thank Mm -hmm. you Good morning, I'm Maria, I'm a compulsive overeater. At its core, the traditional um, step works just fine for me. Um, and it really does you know, say the core issue here, um, but um, the Cleveland version is really important for, for me because um, what brought me to OA um, in terms of like sort of what else was going on in my life was dealing with <clears throat> my daughter's um, mental health challenges and um, all the ways in which I was crazy in response to that and sort of how my life became unmanageable as I was trying to manage her and her mental illness as if I could really control that. And there was lots of ways in which I didn't take care of myself or I didn't, didn't eat. I mean, not that I needed my kid to have this problem, right? I didn't, you know, I have my own food stuff without her having a problem, but I was really blaming her for a lot of the ways in which my life was unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blaming. And, and, and so, um, and I feel like I have just been a lot of time trying to control her and control the, the course of her illness. And I, I just can't. Um, and I have to remember that. Um, and, um, and just because, you know, we have an incident, um, I don't have to do what I have traditionally done, which is go eat something um, as a way of calming myself down. Um, so that spoke to me. Hi, uh, Judy H., uh, sugar addict and habitual and habitual and compulsive overeater. On one level, when it comes to step one, every one of these speaks to me. Um, but I often laugh and say that I will always use 20 words while one will do. So my spirit leans towards the two longer ones, but also because um, there are two different aspects, Cleveland and SOS, of what's going on with me um the the powerlessness over other people random events in our own persistent negative behaviors um you know i've been dealing with uh mental health issues my whole life and i have issues with my uh with my family and i you know there's a lot of other things that i've used to blame um and so cleveland um really speaks to me about the powerlessness. 
On the other hand, what finally brought me to OA was a diagnosis of diabetes and um, other persistent health issues that have gone on in my life. So I really do have a life-threatening problem. And that absolutely says it. And so ultimately having, uh, you know, talked to myself through this while I, I, Cleveland speaks to me hugely. I think that it's the SOS that is for me, um, the, the ultimate, uh, right choice because I have more than wife, one life threatening problem. I have the diabetes. That's the physical problem. I have the mental health issues, the depression, um, it, in particular, that is also a life threatening problem. And, uh, and I have been working on, on both of those for too long. So, um, and this program, uh, in the time I've been in it, has had such a wonderfully positive impact on my depression and my mental health issues um, that it actually works on both of these big life-threatening issues, the diabetes, keeping my diabetes under control, um, because I've had a I may not yet be non-diabetic in my A1C. It is still about as low as I can go without going into non-diabetes. And I have released so much shame and, and improved my mental health so much from being here um, that it's fantastic. So I wish I had seen that SOS when I started because that's absolutely it. And, uh, and then that is where I stand and now I pass. Thank you. Yes. Um... The practical uh, speaks to me. Admitted we were caught in a self-destructive cycle and currently lack the tools to stop it. Um, I value, it, it goes, when, when I um, overeat and um, binge, it goes against my value of um, life and um, health and um my mother was self-destructive. I see her as self-destructive. She was caught into a, a cycle of, uh, uh, it wasn't eating, but it was something else. And she died very young. And that um, made, had a big impact on me because I didn't want to be like her. So I did just the opposite. So, and that's the way I look at um, life. I look at people and look at their um, habits and it's like, do I want to be like that? Or do I want to be, or I don't want to be like that. And so um, being self-destructive goes against my values and um, currently lack the tools to stop it um, means that I can find the tools to stop it. That just currently means that it's temporary, you know, that I can, I'm in a temporary cycle of self-destructiveness um, when I overeat. And um, so that speaks to me. Pass. Hi, Jana, compulsive odor eater and totally out of control. So looking through all of them, they all speak to me in a way, but when we got to SOS, that one really resonated with me because it has an element of hope in it for me because I just feel hopeless at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I have to say. Thanks. 
Hi everyone, Melissa, um, emotional overeater. So I also thought that all of these were good, um, but I remember when I first joined traditional OA, it really bothered me that it said our lives had become unmanageable because I didn't feel that that was true for me. Um, it has always been the food. Um, and like, I thought my life was awesome. It's just that I couldn't control my eating. Um, I realize now with the 12 steps that, you know, these things have, it's not just about the food. Um, and it's a little more complicated than that, but the one that really stuck out to me this time was the practical because I'm not really, uh, immersed in those, the Jeffrey Munn steps. And I love the fact that it was really kind of on, a behavior level that we simply lacked the tools to stop the destructive behavior. And throughout my destructive eating, I've always thought like, what am I missing? Like, why can't I do this? What tool do I need that I don't currently have? And I realize that it's more complex than that now, but I love all the OA tools and I love thinking of it as a cycle that I'm stuck in and how do I get out? Um, so that has just been really helpful for me to think of it that way. I pass. Hi, I'm Kathy, compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. As so many people have said, bits and pieces of all of these do speak to me. But the practical one was one of the strongest Yes, that's exactly it feeling for me. We're caught in a self-destructive cycle and currently, not forever, just currently lacked the tools to stop it. And that to me is very hopeful because it says there are tools out there and I can learn how to stop it. And um, also the Buddhist one, we, we admitted our addictive cravings and recognized its consequences in our lives. That to me is the real eye-opener. Oh, I am an addict. Oh yeah, and it does affect me. And um, so those are the things that coming into OA have opened my eyes to and uh, helped me on the path to recovery. So thank you. Hello, I've been in the program for a week now. And I see many faces here. Uh, hello, everyone. Good to see you again. Keep coming. It works. Um, in the one week, <clears throat> pardon me, in the one week I've been in the program, um, I've learned more than in the 72 years prior to it. Um, I am a practical person. I have a degree in engineering. I don't do engineering. I do IT. I went to the dark side. But um, the thing that I like the most about practical is that it, it it offers me hope because it says I currently lack the tools to stop it. And I've gained tools this week. I've had conversations with folks who have taken up my, my request to give me a call when I put my number in the window. And we've had chats about it. And I'm talking to people who absolutely, completely understand what I'm going through for the first time ever. And... Uh, I, for the life of me, can't figure out, since I'm such a practical guy, why it took me so damn long to get here. But I'm here now, and uh, so far, so good. So thank you all, one and all, for, uh, for this, and I pass. Hi. Like everyone else, I think all of these 
spoke to me and all of them I can accept now that I'm in. But for me, the one that brought me here, the one that let me to be willing is the humanist. I accept the fact that all my efforts to stop, I'm going to say compulsively eating have failed. Um, that one just bottom line, that's it. I, I was desperate. I give up. I can't do this myself. Let me see what's out there and, and found secular OA, thankfully. And I pass. Hi. Um, the interesting thing about step one for me is I feel like I had gone to step one two years before I joined uh, um, OA. I joined OA last September and two years prior to that, I was in the doctor's office and she was giving me the regular spiel she always gives me. Um, why don't you try to lose weight? And here are some suggestions. And how's your exercise? And I remember clearly looking her straight in the eye and almost saying what the proactive said. I am not able to control this. And I know that the, if I continue down this road, it's going to have seriously serious consequences. I remember very clearly saying that to her. And it is wasn't until... So for me, step one was one that I felt very comfortable with from the first time I joined. Hi, everybody. I'm Evan. I'm an overeater. Um, I think it's really interesting to kind of, or, or it's interesting, but um, illuminating for me and, and important to kind of look at the principle up top. The OA principle is honesty. And for me, that's like, it's step one. Um, and it's kind of the foundation of, of all these different versions, right? I'm looking through and I read the language. We admitted, we admitted, admit we are powerless. We accept, we admitted, I face reality. I have a life-threatening problem. Um, and if you boil them all down, that that's what they're all about, about honesty. And for me, um, so much of my overeating behavior has been, you know, tied up in secrecy and, and shame, um, that that's a super, super essential part of that first step. Right. Um, I have been in program a little while, um, but early on, you know, at some point I kind of had this realization, oh yeah, I've got a problem. Um, but, but it was like, it was part of the way, you know, um, realizing, oh yeah, I eat a lot. You know, sometimes I can uh, binge eat and, and all that, but I don't think I truly, um, for me, you know, the humanist version speaks to me. I don't think I truly accepted that all my efforts to stop had failed. Um, and the proactive also speaks to me a lot, just that kind of almost slap in the face in a way, but in a good way, I face reality, right? I can tell other people I've got a problem. And on the surface, that might seem like uh, I'm being honest and, and coming true. But I think what's more important to me is I need to believe that, right? If I say I have a problem to somebody else, that's one thing. Um, and that is a level of ownership. But, but for me, I need to truly believe that. Um, and so for me, it's about facing reality. It's about coming to terms with the, the fact that if I continue down this road of these behaviors, um, my relationships are going to be impacted. My health is going to be impacted. Um, you know, it already is, uh, quite honestly. So um, honesty throughout all of these is, is essential. And that's, that's really um, 
the the keystone to any one of these versions of the first step that for me is just like got to read it in honesty because um if i'm not shining light on these problems not just to other people to but to myself then uh things are not going to change and if things don't change then um there are going to be some serious consequences as all the steps mentioned so that's it thank you hi i'm jenny sugar addict and compulsive eater i like like so many people here like a lot of bits of all the steps i think i'm going to pick on just the traditional one right now i when i came in i definitely felt like i was powerless over food you know i'd spent 3 decades yo-yo dieting and proving to myself over and over again that I couldn't, you know, control this. And I feel like in reading the OA literature and also some of the big book stuff about step one, I finally had to realize that I did have an addiction and that I did have an illness. And that's what it is for me. I know a lot of people don't like that word, but I feel like this is a chronic situation that I am never going to get over this. I'm never going to be able to eat one out of a bag of treats without finishing the whole thing. Um, that's just never going to happen for me. I'm never going to get cured of that. And so I always kind of picked apart the parts about our lives to become manageable because sort of like Melissa was saying, I feel like my life was very manageable. I mean, it was chaotic, but I was managing it. And I do feel like, having the tools to use around my food behaviors has made my food addiction more manageable. Um, and I think as a result, my life has also become more manageable, but I just always did not like this first step kind of implying like, you know, my whole life was falling apart because it's not like, you know, when you read the big book, it's all these like alcoholics who have, you know, been getting people pregnant and, you know, losing their jobs and just doing like all sorts of like really heinous kind of behaviors. And I just never felt like I was in that category, but I also do like the Cleveland step a lot. I'm um, especially talking about the persistent negative behaviors, because I feel like also before I came in, my head was just filled with a lot of negative self-talk and self-hatred. And I feel so much better now. Like I don't have that tape running through my head anymore. So pass. I am Lita and I am definitely a compulsive eater. Um, I uh, say that um, both uh, the Cleveland step and the SOS step uh, really touched me. Um, I like the fact in fact in the Cleveland step that it talks more about why I have what leads me to use food to escape and when I can't get my son mother husband to act the way I want to I turn to food mm. to get away from feeling pissed off or helpless or um scared and these behaviors this Thinking is what causes the food to be a problem. The food is not evil un, into and un, itself. And the SOS step, that first part, which says, I have a life threatening problem. 
I definitely identify with that because I would say in the past three or four months, my disease has gotten ridiculous and I keep trying to escape myself and um, realizing that my best efforts to establish letting go and where it says sobriety, um, I want to say I my best efforts to establish letting go of destructive self-destructive behavior that is my issue i will self-destruct before anybody else can cause a problem before any other issue drives me insane i will destruct let that become my issue but it says also, I believe that I have choices and that my life, life need no longer be unmanageable because I accept responsibility for myself. I have to care enough about myself to step forward and embrace another way of living and think that I deserve it. And again, that, that sentence about a life-threatening problem, it's a physical and emotional wraparound that if I don't face it, that wraparound gets tighter and tighter and harder and harder to get away from. And I wanna thank you guys very much for providing this. This is my first time attending this group, and I am so glad I made the decision. Thank you. We will now take turns reading different authors' insights on step one and then share our thoughts again. Uh, step one insights, Alan Berger. This step helps us shatter our reliance on a false self, which was fed through lack of self-awareness, poor self-worth, and lack of language plus denial and a physical, mental, and spiritual compulsion, compulsion pass. Martha Cleveland uh, analysis. Um, step one shows us we have been fighting against ourselves, not for ourselves. We let go of the belief that we are managing well. We shift from thinking that we are powerful and in charge to believing in a new reality. Pass. Stephanie Covington. The first step in recovery is to look inside ourselves. Turning inward is the beginning of becoming more truthful with ourselves. Honesty is essential because addictions thrive on dishonesty. We have become accustomed to hiding from our true feelings and values. Pass. Gabor Matei. Step one accepts the full negative impact of the addiction process in one's life. It is a triumph over the human tendency to deny. We recognize that our resolution and strategies have not liberated us from the addiction process and all its mechanisms that are deeply ingrained in our brains, emotions, and behaviors. Pass. Teresa Jacobs Stewart. By opening our hearts, admitting our powerlessness over alcohol, drugs, and other people's choices, we are able to remember we are part of the great stream of the we. Yes. Sir J. Pengill. 
You have tried to control your impulses only to fail many times. You face a harsh reality. There's a big difference between what you want to do and what you actually do. All right, thank you. Uh, now we do have a little bit of time for you to raise your hand and share your reactions to one of those inter interpretations. Would anyone like to start? Um, I like the one by Therese Jacob Stewart, um, just because it, it uses the, um, remember we're part of the great stream of we, and I, I realize he's Buddhist and where that's coming from, but I also relate it to the we of OA. And by becoming a part of OA seems to be one of the most powerful portions of this whole plan. Um, the meetings and the connection with people seems to be the, the key for me. Anyway, thank you. I really like the one uh, that Gabriel Mate um, spoke about the, um, the acceptance I, I can't even remember what it was, but it had to do with the overcoming uh, the human tendency for denial. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my whole life has been lived in denial. And I think step one is sort of like a combination of the, the tool and denial, uh, of honesty and denial, I'm sorry. And um, to me, it's only when I become honest and stop denying the way I've lived my life and the way I feel and in my own crazy thinking and behavior sometimes and let go of and look at the truth with honesty that um, I can really be on the path of recovery uh, pass. Okay, I'm gonna double dip because no one else had their hand raised. Um, so the one that, the two that really spoke to me was the Gabor Mate because he talked about the mechanisms that are deeply ingrained in our brains. And I have come to see um, the, my habits as neuro pathways that are just so ingrained that they're hard to jump out of the rut. And um, what Bertha was saying earlier about the subconscious and the reason these neuro pathways started were uh, defense mechanisms that helped me in my youth. And now they're no longer helpful and I would like to get rid of them, but they're so deeply ingrained that it's become very difficult. So I liked that um, visual. And then also the Therese Jacob Stewart, we are part of the great stream of we. That always makes me feel so comforted. Like, you know what, I'm just a human, same as all the rest. And this is what we humans come into the world as, you know, with lots of different uh, strategies and sometimes they get in our way and sometimes they're super helpful. So both of those really spoke to me, I pass. I liked them all, really. And one of the things that it brought to mind for me is one of my um, problems in program is to, I really need to have people agree with what I say because I'm terrified of being different. And I realized like they, you know, so these are all different versions and I love that instead of just having, you know, the traditional, then we're all supposed to go along with that. So. I think that's my share. Oh, just one other thing I loved here, like the life-threatening problem, just reminded me that for me anyway, that this whole overeating was, you know, comes from self-hate and that to live a life, I need to have self-love and that becomes part of the big way. Thanks. Yes. Um, the last one, um, Sergey Pengel, um, 
you know, the opposites there, there's a big difference between what you want to do and what you actually do. And that ties into um, the um, one that, you know, I don't want to be self-destructive, that my value is to be healthy and to be consistent in that um, healthy behaviors. So um, that that's what speaks to me. Pass. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation. 